All right, what's up to all our turkeys out there? This is your host, Marco. And this is your host, Clayton. And you're listening to the Pre-Dental Podcast. Oh, yeah. Boom, love to see it. All right, so first off, first off, first off, this episode is called Know Your Worth because we are going to be talking about the worth ceremony that's hosted at LSU each year because we just went through it. We are. So we just went through that like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, pretty recent. It was. It was, it was a really cool event. But before we get into all of that, we are going to talk about some different streaming services that you can use as a student. I know that Clayton and I both use a lot of them, but the cool thing is, as a student, you get discounts. And you should take advantage of those student discounts because you're not going to be a student forever. So, you know, if you like Spotify, if you like Hulu, if you like Netflix, look into it and see if they have a student discount because they probably are going to and you don't want to spend all that money if you don't have to. For sure. If you can save five bucks here, five bucks there, it really makes a difference, especially when you're living on loans as most dental students are. I know Disney Plus has just come out. We've really been binge watching that one as have most of our classmates. It's been incredible. And yeah, it's just good. It hasn't been that good for my grades, Disney Plus. Yeah, the the whole studying thing really gets in the way of our binge watching, but it really does. You had to have some give and take there. But talking about streaming services, there's a big debate and Clayton and I thankfully are on the same side about it. I honestly don't know if it's that big of a debate because it I mean the answer to the question is is pretty clear. I, I couldn't agree more. So the question is, is The Office better or is Parks and Rec better? Well, obviously, have you ever heard of a man by the name of Michael Scott? Seriously, I mean, come on. The Office is 10,000 times He's better. He's the world's best boss. He is the world's best boss. I mean, it's not it's not even a question. Yeah, it's literally, what's her name? Leslie Nope. Like, Leslie- Nope. Is in the name. It's exactly. Nope, I'm not going to watch that. Exactly. No. I mean, just... don't get me wrong. I've tried to watch a couple episodes, but after you've seen the glory that is Dwight Schrute and Jim Halpert and Michael Jim Scott. And Jim, Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam. America's no. couple. Seriously. A love can't. story that defies the ages. Absolutely. But, I mean, if you think that Parks and Rec is better and you can change our mind, feel free to reach out to us. We know we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to prove you wrong. But go ahead and, and try to convince us. We, we we welcome it. Yeah, just a little disclaimer here, though. You're not going to change our minds. No, absolutely. But we would love to talk about it. So please Definitely. reach out to us if for whatever reason, I don't know what you went through or what traumas you have. But if you some for just for some reason think that that other show is better than The Office. I, I, we can try to help you through it, honestly. Right. But... Anyways, Clayton and I are very passionate about The Office. We are. Um, anyway, we should probably get into uh, the and with actual... that being said, let's get started. Let's do this thing. <laughs> okay, so what is the Worth Ceremony? So the Worth Ceremony is kind of like White Coat, but not quite. So yeah, it's a little bit different. So most schools will have their white coat ceremony like D1 year. So your first year of dental school, um, they will have your white coat ceremony. But here at LSU, a little bit different because we have our white coat ceremony D2 year. So it's the beginning of us starting clinic is when we have our white coat ceremony. For sure, because your fall D2 semester is when you see patients for the first time at LSU because we are a clinically heavy school. I would argue that we're the best clinical program in the nation. Absolutely. And because of that, we want the white coat ceremony to be symbolic of you seeing patients. So it happens about a week before you actually get into clinic. 
So for the first year, we do the Worth Ceremony. And it's not just dental students that do the Worth Ceremony here at LSU. So it's dental students, dental hygiene students, and dental laboratory um, students as well. For sure. So you might be asking, why is it called the Worth Ceremony? I know that the title of today's episode is Know Your Worth, and we just want people to know their worth. But that's actually not where it came from. Yeah. So Dr. Worth, um, he was a longtime faculty member at LSU, and he was known for his high ethical standards. So they wanted to um, do a program, since we don't do our white coat ceremony, they wanted to still do something um, in D1 year to recognize how important you know, this is, how far, that we, far we have made it. For sure, for sure. And it's also to understand the ethics of the situation that we're getting into, which is being students. So the program encompasses dental students, dental hygiene students, and then the dental laboratory technician students. So I would say there was over 100 of us total at the ceremony that participated, plus families coming in. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people there. It, it was... It's a really cool thing. I think the coolest thing was just seeing everyone dressed up and not in scrubs. I mean, I think yeah, that's... that was neat because I mean, depending on what type of scrubs you wear, like a lot of us uh, wearing a certain brand looks like potato sacks. And then we did a bulk order with a different brand that put us as not potato sacks. Exactly. They are very comfortable and very wonderful. You probably know what type I'm talking about, but. We'll keep that a secret for now. Yeah. See, I didn't order those scrubs because I enjoy looking like a potato. <laughs> I kind of... Well, you and I also wear dress pants a lot. So I don't know if that's a rule at other schools, but we just have to wear our scrub tops and they have to be embroidered with our name and LSU dentistry underneath that. And then as long as it's a professional look, you can wear whatever pants you want with it. So most of our classmates choose to wear scrub bottoms, but Clayton and I personally, I mean, in almost every day we're either in oh, yeah. like black dress pants or khakis. I just think it looks more professional, but I do too. And we're not in clinic every day. Exactly. So. But it was cool though, because a lot of us haven't seen each other dressed up except for if we interviewed together. For sure. So it was like, I almost didn't recognize Marco when I saw him <laughs> dressed up. I didn't realize who he was, but it was kind of cool. It was yeah, really, no, it really was really neat because we interviewed in groups of 12 throughout the fall semester last year. So there was a couple people from my interview group. I know Paul was there, Megan was there. Right. Um, a couple others, Salam, yeah. of course. And then, yeah, so you got to see them, but then actually just getting dressed up and you realize like, wow, this is pretty important. A lot of family members were there and it was really neat getting to meet people's parents for the first time or older brothers or younger siblings. I know Parker and his little cousin, they're the most precious oh, things absolutely. ever. But yeah, so that was just another neat little aspect it of it. it really was. Um, so to kind of get back to the Worth ceremony, as we said, the student, his former students created it in his honor because he was such an ethical person that they felt as though his name embodied the standards that all dental professionals should uphold. So our thought question of the day, or just our challenge question of the day is, what type of legacy are you leaving? So what do your actions do that, I guess you could say, just identify you to society? Right. And another question is, how do you treat others and how are they going to remember you as well? I mean, because people are going to forget, you know, what you said and everything, but there's that quote, you know, they're never going to forget how you made them feel. So, I mean, it's very important that you treat others well so they feel good when they're around you. You know, you don't want to be that person that is so unethical that nobody wants to be around you or go to your practice. So For sure, for sure. And it's just about treating people with respect and 
being kind to others. And I know that even you and I have kind of gone through some of those within the past week oh, or yeah. so of people having certain actions and you can react in certain ways. And ultimately, you're going to feel better about yourself if you treat them with kindness. And as Clayton says, kill them with kindness. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you just, even if somebody's being a jerk to you, then you still have to be nice, which is extremely hard, but it's just part of Right. Of life, so. And that's not exactly ethics. We'll get into yeah. the ethics of dentistry later. Yeah. But that's just something to think about is what's your legacy going to be in life? So before we digress too much, we're going to explain what the actual day was like for us. Yeah. So we um, we arrived at, at the school and we all lined up to walk into the ceremony. And of course, we got to meet everyone's family and see everybody dressed up. And then Dean Grimion, the dean of LSU, gave a um, talk right before it and just explained what the worth ceremony was and everything like that. And then we had a keynote speaker. And right. He gave a speech um, as right. well. And Elena actually worked in his clinic. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Steve Ripple he gave an incredible speech outlining just leadership. And he, again, touched on what our legacy was going to be as dental professionals. It's not about you. That's it's definitely what, not about that's you. That's what his speech was about. It's not about you. So then we had the class. Well, well we marched into the room, I guess you could say march, yeah. and we all took our seats, an and they gave term. their speeches. Yeah. It's an army term. Hey, march. this guy's in the National Guard. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but anyways, so the speeches were given, and then our class presidents from each program came up. So ours was Miss Serena. She is an incredible lady. I don't know how she does what she does. It's impressive. But she's, yeah, beyond impressive. And anyways, our three classes, what was really neat about the Worth Ceremony is that we created an ethics pledge together and we wrote it in special collaboration with one another. We did. So it was, it was really interesting. So Serena um, did a lot of it. So she helped develop a lot of it. And then in class one day, we put it up on the um, screen and projected it from the power, from the um, projector. And then we just went through it like every single section. And we're going to read that for you all here in just a second. So you all can see, I mean, it, it took a little bit of time to get like all of the grammar and everything else just the way we wanted it because we were going to be signing this. And this is going to be around for for a long, long time because there's classes that were ahead of, ahead of us that we can go back and see their pledges as well. For sure. I believe the worst ceremony began in 2009. So it's so been it's, a decade of keeping and maintaining high ethical standards. Right. But yeah, just imagine 76 OCD students who all have their families and friends coming in meticulously analyzing a document line by line and then having to get it approved yeah. by two other programs yeah it was <laughs> it was, was a day could have been done in 30 minutes and yeah we took gosh darn near the full time i mean it's beautiful though like it's oh absolutely like we're gonna read it for you but yeah so quick disclaimer here if you attended the worth ceremony I would go ahead and fast forward a little bit. We're about to read the class commencement that was read that day. And if you're interested in reading it, then please follow along. We, the students of LSU School of Dentistry, pledge to uphold strict professionalism, integrity, and transparency. To maintain these standards, we must first acknowledge personal responsibility, then understand that our pledge is strengthened by uniting as classmates. We agree to focus on honesty, Teamwork, respect, and service to our profession and to our communities. So the first paragraph is commitment to personal responsibility. In the dental profession, 
personal responsibility is imperative. To support each other and our communities, we accept the responsibilities of education and service. We will uphold the highest standards of care at all times and deliver treatment with the utmost attention. We will accomplish, and through transparent leadership, respect for each other and genuine concern for those in need. We accept this personal responsibility as the core of who we are as professionals, a student body, and individuals. And the next section is commitment to inclusivity. We are committed to each other as classmates and dental professionals. We agree to always be respectful, thoughtful, and inclusive. We value our diversity as a class and pledge to learn from one another. We will strive to always be mindful of individuals' backgrounds and beliefs, even when different from our own. We will avoid derogatory remarks about groups based on race, age, gender, disability, national origin, religion, sexual orientation, and gender expression. We will respect our peers, our leaders, and our patients. We agree to treat our patients without bias based on ideals of inclusivity. We unite to uphold the highest standards of professionalism, service, and care for our patients. And the final area is called commitment to transparency. Transparency is built upon honest communication, which allows us to serve others from an altruistic perspective. To be transparent leaders, we will be honest and operate with integrity under all circumstances. We will give attention to personal growth and lead by example. We understand that our patients, colleagues, and communities look to us for guidance and mentorship. We vow to embrace each day with our personal best and lead with humility and grace. We recognize that we have been granted the privilege to learn from and emulate talented and well-respected dental professionals. We refuse to take this opportunity for granted, and we promise to devote our careers to improve the field of dentistry. We are proud to represent LSU School of Dentistry and are committed to upholding standards that are representative of our class, university, and profession. And one of the coolest things about this code, I think, so we had a professor, Dr. Robert Barsley, and he taught um, our professionalism class, and he passed away, I mean, like, it was, a, it was an unexpected it, it passing. Was, it was. So he passed away, so we dedicated this to him because he helped arrange the word ceremony every year. So we dedicated this to him. So our last um, section there. Right. It says, we dedicate this honor code to the late Dr. Robert Barsley. He personified grace, commitment, leadership, and generosity. He was an exemplary educator, role model, and colleague. Dr. Barsley will always be remembered by his undeniable dedication and contributions to dentistry, forensics, and education. He truly was an incredible man. It was impressive. Like, we've talked about it before, but, like, he just showed up to class and he just seemed so nonchalant about everything. But he had so much going on all the time. I mean, it's taken several faculty members to be able to do the job that he did. And, I mean, he would walk into class and he might be on his phone for a little bit and just laid back in his chair, just relaxed yeah. as could be, could have a conversation with anyone. And he was juggling the work that it's now taking several professionals it was, to do. It was truly impressive. Very, so very we wanted awesome. to dedicate this class uh, commencement to him. So that's, I mean, that's kind of how the word ceremony went. So we all read that. And then we walked up on the stage. Um, before we walked up on the stage, we signed a piece of paper acknowledging that we want to um, adhere to these things that we have outlined. For sure. Yeah. And that'll actually be hung up inside the school. Exactly. So, I mean, we are dedicated to this. And I, I, I mean, I don't think it could have been 
written any better, honestly. Uh, I mean, we went line by line, comma by comma, everything for it. So, yeah, we all signed the pledge, which will be hung up at the school. And then we all walked across the stage. Our name was called. And that was really neat to see. Just seeing all your friends essentially accepting an award. But what they were actually doing was taking a commitment to the ideals that we just read to you all. And it was just a, it was a beautiful ceremony. It was really nice to just meet everyone. A ton of people gave tours to their families afterwards. And, you know, it's interesting because dental school can get, I don't want to say monotonous, but it's a full-time job. It truly is. And you get so used to being there that you forget how hard you worked to get there and all the hours and all the studying and all the sacrifices you made in order to become a dental student. So when all the families came, it was pretty big reminder that this is a big deal because when it's a full-time job you you get used to your environment and i think it's so awesome that they chose to do the worth ceremony because you know you come in all excited once you get into dental school and then you go through your exams and then you kind of hit this slump to it's just kind of like okay i got here and now i'm having to take all these tests again i don't know if i even want to do this because it's so hard but then you do the worst ceremony and you're kind of you know you kind of go back up on that mountain because you get to show your family how hard you've worked and how awesome of facilities that you're getting to work with and it's it's really cool i'm i'm so happy that yeah and it's definitely a reminder that while dentistry is your profession and it's something you're going to do for the rest of your life that it's not always about you. Exactly. You know, it's about your patients that you're going to see and treating them with high ethical standards and basically just doing the right thing and being a good person. Yeah. So we will come back to ethics here in just a second, but right now we're, we have a question from a predent that actually messaged us on Instagram last week after um, our last podcast. For sure. It's a super easy way to get in touch with us if you don't feel comfortable emailing us. Yeah. But if you do feel comfortable emailing us, our email is thepredentalpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is thepredentalpodcast at gmail.com. And so this question came from Chris, and I'm going to direct this towards you because it was kind of an econ question. So he said... Do you have advice for someone who is in between majoring in biology or economics? For sure, because that was a question I had to ask myself going into college. And I'm pretty sure I've brought this up in previous podcasts, but I was an economics major. I didn't have a biology minor. It was really weird, though, because I took all my prerequisite classes and I was two chemistry classes away from a minor and three chemistry classes away from a major. But with the timeline and everything else, it just didn't work out that way. So my ultimate advice to you, Chris, would be to do what makes you happy. Because if you pick a major that you're not interested in, you're not going to do as well in your classes as a major that you're passionate about. Now, we'll make a podcast later outlining what classes you need to take, what those prerequisites look like, and what your timeline should generally be. However, it ultimately comes down to doing what's going to make you happy. So if you just love econ, I definitely encourage you to take a class or two and read up on it. And if it's something you truly enjoy, just as I did, then go for it because you can make it work. Not everyone has to be a biology major in order to get to dental school. Some schools prefer it, and we'll talk about that later. Right. But most schools just want to see you excel in something that you're passionate about. Because, I mean, in our class, we have psychology majors, we have biology majors, we have chemistry majors, we have nursing majors, we have... <laughs> I wonder um, who's a nursing. I was someone a nurse? I think so. I think their name was 
Clayton. No, no, I know that guy. There's no way he could have done nursing <laughs> school. No, you're telling, I don't think I did, honestly. I don't think I did. Oh, that's you, my bad. I, so yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of whatever makes you happy. And you can go down just as long as you get those prereqs filled. But I mean, it, it, it kind of does help in some aspects to have a stronger uh, science background, just because it is a lot of science once you get into dental school. Mm-hmm. But but then you get out of dental school and you have to run a practice and that's business and economics. So it kind of balances out. So, I mean, For it's sure. like Marco said, it's just kind of whatever path you want to go down. Yeah, there's that base level of science that you need in order to complete dental school. But that's what the prerequisites are for. So I don't want to get too much into this topic because yeah. we're going to talk about it later anyways. But yeah, just do what makes you happy, man. I think I think econ's a great degree. I think nursing is a great degree. I think even if you wanted to be an architect or an engineer, we have an yeah. engineer in our class. Yeah, he's he's awesome. actually right he's, over there. Yeah, I he's think one he's of our, our roommates. Roommate. Yeah, yeah. What a guy. I know. So now we are going to take a small break to give a shout out to our unpaid sponsor. Yeah, emphasis on the unpaid here, unpaid buddy. Unpaid sponsor. <laughs> yeah, if you would like to pay, you can. And that unpaid sponsor is the LSU DDS class of. 2023 shout out to our good friend omna who runs the instagram page you guys can go give them a follow isn't it lsu dds class of 2023 it is anyways if you look it up i'm sure if you type in all that information it's going to pop up you can see what our class because we're both d1s at lsu again and you can see everything that our class is up to and it's not just clinical stuff you get to see our friends giving that we recently had you get to see when we go bowling together we could we actually do so much stuff like honestly it's, it's a ton of fun it's kind of weird being almost at the end of our first semester and realizing yeah. how many social events we've had and how much we've grown as a class. So again, go check them out if you want to see what our class is up to. And a big shout out to Omna for handling that Instagram account. I think she does a oh, wonderful job. Much better job than I could. I mean, it's just, just... <laughs> Says the guy who handles <laughs> our Instagram page. I think page. we should hire her to run our Instagram page. Again, unpaid internship unpaid. here. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We do it for y'all. We do it for y'all. Um, so now we're going to get back into why ethics is important. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Ethics. I forgot. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about here. Ooh. So, and, uh, yeah. man, why is being a good person important? Why hmm. is that? Especially as a dentist. Important. And see, it seems so easy. Like, that seems right. like an like, easy it's a, it's question a to answer why being a good por- person is important. <laughs> but when you're faced with certain decisions... It seems like you could be a good person or a bad person, or you could just be kind of bending that line. So we're here to tell you, don't bend the line, just be a good person. For sure. For sure. Because we don't want anyone messing this up for us. Honestly, that's one of the big things. A recent Gallup poll showed that dentists are one of the top five most trusted professions in America. And I think that's a pretty hard one to reach. I know that members of Congress were kind of on the opposite ends of that spectrum. Not to get political because the lawyers were there too. It's fine. Yep. But there was definitely a lot of professions that were not near as high. I think Clayton has something he needs to get off his chest though. So if you look at that recent (laughs) Gallup poll, you will see nurses are number one and they have been number one for a very long time. So basically right now you are talking and listening to the king of ethics. So... (laughs) If you have a question about ethics, just just give me a ring. Just you know, just message me on the Instagram, the Facebook, you know, anything. Just reach out to me. I'd love to talk about ethics with you because I know ethics. So this guy it does know ethics. He was a nurse, and now he's 
no. a future dentist, yeah, student doctor, crazy. whatever yeah. they call us yeah, nowadays. Whatever that is. Dental student. Yeah. But so, I mean, <clears throat> even in nursing, not even in nursing, but in nursing, like ethics extremely important because you're caring for people just like you will be in dentistry and people's lives are in your hands just like they will be in dentistry and it's it's very important that you're a good ethical person when you're caring for people's lives for sure but here's the thing i'm not seeing patients yet and i'm not a dentist slash doctor whatever you want to call us nowadays so i don't have to really make good decisions until i start seeing yeah Mm-hmm. Patients, right? Is, is that right? Or correct, yeah, correct me. Okay. I'm ta- again, I'm talking to the king of ethics here. You are so. talking to the king of ethics. So, so just think back to your undergrad days. A lot of y'all don't have to think back to your undergrad days because you're there right now. <laughs> so just think about it. You're sitting in class. You're taking a, oh, you're taking an organic chemistry final. You need, still gives me nightmares. You need a 95 on the final to pass the class. That was me you have class. studied your booty off, but you still don't know the materials. You're sitting next to the smartest, most awesome, me, God, <laughs> in, organic, in organic chemistry. He has all the answers. On his page, you see all of the reactions drawn out and everything. You could just look at his paper and copy those answers down. You could get that 95 in the class. Should you do it? Well... Before we ask, should we do oh, it or not? Gosh. No, no. Let's. I just want to analyze the situation. Absolutely. So, oh my goodness, you're on the cusp between an A and the B in the class. That was correct. <laughs> like if they make less than a 95. No, they're. I'm saying fail. Oh, fail the class. Wow. Okay, that fail. that really turns on the heat it here. Does? We're cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, we are. So, because <laughs> we're by a kitchen. We are in the kitchen. Yeah. We are. We are in the kitchen. Yes, we are. But anyways, so let's see what happens. You don't cheat. And you're probably not going to make that 95 and then you fail the class and then you have a fail on your transcript and your college doesn't do great forgiveness. So you're going to have to retake the class, but you still have that F on your transcript and it brings down your GPA and you're never going to get into dental school. And you just don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at. Or mm-hmm. you do cheat. And now there's two situations that arise out of that. So let's say you do cheat and you don't get caught. You make the 95, you pass the class, and go hogs. You're doing great. Go hogs. (laughs) Or you cheat and you get busted. That person is really salty that they studied super hard, and they have no idea that you've studied hard. They just think you're some kid that walked in and is just trying to get a freeloading test. They report you to the professor. You get an academic integrity violation, potentially kicked out of college, so you're yeah. not going to dental school right so it, it's a it's a pretty tough situation there so let's analyze these results here first off if you fail a class you can still go to dental school absolutely you can fail more than one class. i don't recommend failing classes Please don't. Like, really yeah, like don't. really don't yeah but let's say you just fail one class <clears throat> like organic chemistry is hard huh. biochem is hard yeah genetics Hard. I never even took genetics, but like I heard it's You're not here. an easy class. That's all that matters. Yeah. Right. I'm here because of genetics. You took like macro and micro economics or whatever that's. Yeah. Called. Like developing the International Monetary Fund in, in collaboration with the that's World Bank. Not, okay. That's too long of a class. Yeah. Right. It's <clears> the <throat> longest class title at the U of A. But, anyways, so if you fail a class, you're going to have to retake it, and that's okay. Maybe you just didn't understand the material the first go around. Heck, there's people 
that fail out of dental school their first year. And what do they do? They repeat the year and they become excellent doctors. I'm pretty sure they told us at orientation, the head of not just LSU Dental, but the entire LSU Health Science Center systems, like the med school, the dental school, the nursing school, all of that. He was a dentist, right? I think he was. Yeah, and he failed out his first year and he came back. So it took him five years. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in failing a class if you genuinely tried and you just didn't get it. And that's the thing. You have to try. I mean, if you show up and just blatantly cheat and you don't try at all, you don't deserve to be in dental school. Give it your best shot. I'm telling you, when I was in nursing school... There was one semester I had a 2.7 GPA and it was terrible and I thought I was going to die, but here I am. So it's it's going to be okay if you fail, if you get to that point. Right, because here's if you the tried. Thing. If you tried. Here's the thing. If you cheat and you get away with it, then you're going to continue to cheat and try to get away with it. And eventually you're probably going to get caught. Also, you're cheating your future patients. You are. If you cheat on exams. You are. Because I get it. It would be so much easier if you could just cheat off the smartest person in class. That's how it is in dental school, too. We have a For sure. That's why Clayton sits next to me in class. Not <laughs> at Gosh. Here we are. Here we are. Um, so uh, if you if you cheat, I mean, it's you're just, like Marco said, you're cheating your patients, you're cheating yourself, and you, you don't need to do that. It's going to be okay if you don't get that A in the class. It's going to even be okay if you fail that class because you can repeat it. If you get kicked out of school for cheating, oof, hello, oof. yeah, you want to talk about making your life a lot more difficult as far as trying to get into dental school. Listen, you can fail a class and you can still get in because let's say that you fail a class and then you retake it and you make an A. That school's gonna be like, wow, that person really worked their butt off and they showed that they can improve and they can learn the material. And at that point, after taking the class twice, you probably know that material like the back of your hand, but. If you get an academic integrity violation for cheating on the situation, I guarantee you, if somehow you get an interview to dental school, which I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but you might, they are going to ask you and they are going to hammer you with that question of what happened. And I guarantee you, they'll already know the situation. They'll contact the school and figure out the situation. And then they're going to see if you're going to lie to them. It's just not a good situation to put yourself in. Just study, work hard, be ethical, and make ethical decisions. But like we said, it sounds easy to do, but once you're in that situation where you have to make that 95 to pass, ethics gets a little blurry. Because it's like, well, if I don't pass this exam, then I'll never be a dentist, I'll never be able to help people. And you can kind of blur that line where it's not a blurry line, don't cheat. And then it's- If you develop sound principles and standards for yourself before you get into those situations, it becomes a matter of protocol when those situations arise that you already have a game plan in place and you already know what you're going to do and you're not going to compromise those protocols that you've put in place for yourself. So it's really just not worth it. Now you may be saying, oh, well, I'm in some BS class in undergrad that doesn't really matter. So I'm going to cheat anyways. Well, it doesn't really matter what the class is. They don't care if it's biochem. They're not going to be like, oh, like I understood that you cheated. It was biochem or I understood that you cheated because it was just some BS class. Like, listen, I remember taking an honors art history class at the U of A. I don't remember too much of the material. I remember some of it, but yeah, I may never use that material again unless I take a friend or something to an art museum and I'm able to recognize some paintings or recognize some of the history. And that's cool and all, but yeah, I'm probably not gonna use it 
but that doesn't mean I cheated in the class just because it wasn't important for my future. Because if you're in a class, it's important for you at the time. I mean, I've told you this story, but I had a friend named Barry in um, undergrad and he had all the old tests yeah, and he, he did. just used all of those and it still gets blurry, you know, like yeah, it's still for sure. And it's, it's not about memorizing answers. It's about learning the material. But yeah, I heard about Barry. He had everything. He had a whole Google drive full of it. He had flash drives he did. full of it. He loved distributing it out to people, which yeah. is also extremely risky. No, it's bad. I mean, you just don't need to be putting yourself in that situation at all. I mean, that's just not a good situation to be in. For sure. So at the end of the day, just don't cheat on a test, especially in undergrad. I mean, not that it's any different in dental school, but think of it, think about it like this as well. If I open my own practice, I become a doctor and it's great, and I've cheated my way through dental school and I haven't learned the material as well as someone else, well, if I'm a single doctor practice, now I'm not gonna be as qualified to perform certain procedures as other doctors are, and I'm not providing the highest quality care exactly. to my patients. And you can't cheat when you're in clinic. You really can't. Like, there's no way to get around a class one prep or a class two prep. Just have to do it. Not knowing mesial from distal or facial from lingual. Like, what? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just got to. There's certain things that you just have to know. You do. So we are going to move on to the next part, and this is where cheating goes into practice so you know for sure so this is to put it in a real world scenario exactly no absolutely so you've cheated in undergrad you've cheated through dental school and now you're in the real world boom you've made it to corporate baby we're talking about dental corporate yep so there was a corporation called cool smiles and y'all might have heard about this cool Uh, smiles was not so cool not after they got caught Right. And here's the thing. They did it for a while, but they didn't get caught until some people came forward about it. So what did they do? Actually, what what is Cool Smiles? So Cool Smiles is pediatric pediatric corporate dentistry. Right. Um, And they had offices around the country. They were in 17 states. That's almost half of them, right? I'm no no mathematician, but that's... I'm not no geographist. You take the the 50 and you carry the four and that 17 and... Yeah, that's almost half of them. (laughs) Econ major at the U of A. So there we go. So the scandal was between January of 2009 um, to December 2011. So this went on, I mean, almost almost three years. So, I mean, that's quite a long time for this to go on. For sure. And to tell you how serious this situation was, it was handled by the United States Justice Department. Not just local law enforcement, not just lawyers suing someone, but the actual United States Justice Department. And... Why did they do it? Well, so they were performing unnecessary baby root canals and tooth extractions. So they were extracting teeth that didn't need to be extracted. They were doing root canals on teeth that didn't need root canals. Because why? Money. And cha-ching, that's, cha-ching. That's just not good. I think they even went as far as to also place unnecessary stainless steel crowns Ugh. on patients. And here's, I think, even more i don't i don't know what's the worst or most gross aspect it's, of the situation because it's all just disgusting but they were actually filing to medicaid for procedures that never even happened like they would say that they pulled a tooth that was never pulled or they said that they did a root canal on a tooth that never had a root canal and it was all in order to get more money from medicaid and to bill their patients for more procedures in order to meet 
certain production quotas. And honestly, it's easy to get away with this stuff because we're supposed to be trusted. Like the Gallup polls show, we are number five on that. So we should be trusted. We should be a trusted profession. We shouldn't have to be looked or, you know, somebody looking over our shoulder at all times because we don't want that because we are professionals. We are supposed to be able to do our job in an ethical manner. And we're supposed to be able to treat our patients without someone monitoring us. At For all sure. Times. And I mean, it's, it's just baffling to me that this company would put children's lives at risk. Not that a lot of kids die in dentistry or anything, but you are jeopardizing the health of children and you're putting profits before people. And that's just, I'm so glad they got busted. And basically what happened is a lot of dentists that worked for the company were complaining about the situation and the standards that they were being upheld to with the production quotas because with the amount of patients that they were seeing, it just wasn't possible. And the company told them, listen, you either hit your production quotas and you go above them and you get bonuses and it's great, or you fall below them and you get penalized by the company and potentially lose your job. So that put a lot of pressure onto the dentists that work there and the staff that work there in order to meet the numbers that corporate wanted. Now, eventually three whistleblowers that worked for the company came forward and anonymously reported to the Justice Department and to various agencies that were in charge of investigating this and that's how the investigation occurred and they got busted for it so when they got busted for it did i mean what happened there they had to pay out 23.9 million plus interest 23.9 million plus interest that's that's like my student loans right now so i mean that's that's a lot of money and so i'm gonna make a parallel right here so you are in undergrad it's your organic chemistry final you need a 95 to pass so you know you need 95 to pass for sure and then you this is totally different situation but you're a dentist you need a salary because if you don't pay your light bill this month then they're going to go off because you're so behind. You know, you're so behind in your um, finances that you really need your paycheck this month. But then you're working for a corporation like Cool Smiles, and they say to you, you need to pull these teeth, you need to extract these teeth, you need to do these root canals, and these teeth don't need it. So what do you do? You're, you're in very similar situations to where, you know, you, you may not pass the class or you may not be able to pay the lot bills. So again goes back to being an ethical person because if you are cheating in undergrad, you're probably going to do the same thing in your practice. For sure, for sure. And I think it also brings up the idea of prepping for the situations at hand. So be financially secure enough to where you're not having to choose being unethical or a light bill. Study hard enough and do well enough and reach out to your professors early on so that you're not in an, oh, I need a 95 to pass the class type of situation. Exactly. You have to prep for what you need to do to get it done. Preparation is key. Do not be afraid to reach out to your professors if you're struggling. They are there to help you. That is what their job is. And if they're not helping you, find somebody else who will. Go to that smartest guy in your class and ask him for help. Go to the dental student who is smarter than you. And, and <laughs> not, I was pointing at myself um, for those who can't see us. Um, I'll, go to the dental student who is smarter than you who might be able to help you on your preps or something like that. Don't be afraid to reach out to people to get some help. Because like Marco said, if you prep for those situations beforehand, then you won't be 
faced with these unethical, ethical decisions, what do I do? You'll always make the ethical decision. For sure. And to parallel the situations again, remember what we talked about. Okay, if the person cheats on their exam, like if you cheated on your exam, you either don't get caught and you pass the class, or you get caught and now it's nearly impossible to get into dental school because you have that on your record. So this situation is similar. They were frauding out Medicaid and they could have not gotten caught and they were making huge profits off of that. Or they got caught and they had to pay almost $24 million. They paid over $24 million because it was 23.9 plus interest. So wouldn't it be better just to take the lesser of two evils and not roll the dice? So fail the test and just redo it or not fraud Medicaid and (laughs) i mean that seems like a pretty straightforward one and deal with the profits that you have and work on bettering your business in legal ways so yeah at the end of the day just make the right decisions i i always frame it as when you go to bed at night and you lay down and you think about your day are you going to have any trouble sleeping at night because of the decisions that you've made and as a dentist you should be able to sleep pretty sound because you're helping people for sure and if you go to sleep at night thinking, oh, wow, I really did wrong, you know, helping this patient, that's not, you're not running a very good practice. And so you should be able to say, you know, I've done a really great job. You should be able to say when you graduate from college, you know, I struggled a little bit. I did. It was hard. It was awful at some points, but I worked my hardest. I passed. I got through it. And here I am going to dental school. So that's where you should be. You shouldn't be saying, I cheated my way through undergrad, and now I'm about to cheat my way through dental school. (laughs) It's not how it works. You're going to get busted eventually. I guarantee it. We've had people time and time again around us get busted. Yeah. But on the note of helping people, that brings us to our closing statement for the night. So this is our annual, not annual, but whatever you want to call it. On every episode, we're trying to give you advice from a current dental student. Yeah. So this advice comes from one of my very best friends. Her name is Summer, and she currently attends Memphis's dental school. So I believe they're under the University of Tennessee, but the school is located in Memphis. Right. And we so won't hold that is, against her. Right. We won't hold it against yeah. her. Yeah. A lot of our Kansans go there, but yeah, we chose do. to go to LSU yeah. instead. It's fine. Um, so uh, Summer says, start volunteering early on in undergrad. You get to meet new people, give back to your community, and you have cool stories that you can talk about in your personal statement. For sure. I mean, you're helping people. You're making new friends while you're doing it that are outside your sorority or fraternity or outside your classes or outside whatever social clubs or intramural sports you're in. You're helping the community and making a difference. And honestly, that feeling is incredible. It's it's It really is. I know when I was in undergrad, <clears throat> I volunteered with special needs adults. And it was really cool just working with them and just playing games with them and everything like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be dental related. It's good if it's dental related because you get to learn some more about dentistry. But it doesn't have to be. Just get out, volunteer, help other people. For sure. For sure. And yes, they probably are going to ask you about it when you get to interviews. And I'm sure we'll make a podcast about this eventually. So like most things, we're not going to get into too much detail, even though we're going to talk about it for a little bit because Clayton and I have motor mouth. We do. We enjoy enjoy talking and we appreciate y'all watching and listening so much. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, um, on iTunes. I don't think you can subscribe on Spotify. I don't know how Spotify works. Yeah, I think you can follow the account. Yeah, follow us on Spotify. Be sure to like review Do whatever you have to do for each (laughs) social media platform in order to see our information. 
we are the pre-dental podcast on Instagram. We don't have Twitter. I don't think we're going to get Twitter. We I might get Twitter if eventually. If y'all want us to get Twitter, we'll yeah, get Yeah, if you really want us to tweet. get Twitter, just let us know. We yeah. can do some of the tweets and the whatever yeah. you do on Twitter. I just follow the funny accounts I do, on I there. Do too. I like to laugh. So. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter's for the laughs. It but, really is. And as funny as we are, we may not go down there, but we'll see. Anyways, so... <laughs> Be ethical, make good decisions, and follow us on all of our accounts. And ultimately, know your worth. We hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for listening to the Pre-Dental Podcast. Oh, yeah. Boom.